0: Hello, I'm your host today, Ed Clemente, and we're fortunate to have a guest that I've been a friend with for a while, but also he's a very extraordinary person. He does a lot of different things, and that's why he's on the show today. I think he's got an interesting story, and uh, welcome to the show, Jonathan. I might sneak in a JQ, but it's uh, Jonathan Quarles. He's the CEO and of the BTL group and founder as well and quartz source resources, right? Or source Quartz
1: water source yeah. Quartz quartz water water resources. resources. Yeah. Quartz water source. Sorry.
0: Yeah. But go ahead. Sorry about that. Welcome to the show, Jonathan.
1: Thank you so much and uh you know, when I hear Jonathan usually I'm used to my parents. That's usually when I'm getting in trouble. <laughs> so, JQ is good. You can you can do JQ because I'm I feel like I'm getting in trouble when you call me by my my government.
0: <laughs> I know, but your dad and I talked about you being in trouble, so that's why I'm still calling you Jonathan. No. Uh so anyway, uh Why don't you start out a little bit because you have two different organizations, you know, sort of under your belt? But, um, why don't you sort of tell people what you do because you're a very unique guest for us because you're you're sort of very entrepreneurish more than most of our guests. So, why don't you explain what you do?
1: Sure. Uh, so I I consider myself, I guess, a serial entrepreneur, angel investor, and an author. Um, But what that all means is I basically solve problems for companies. Uh, I have a an international business consulting practice that actually works closely with the MEDC and helping bringing more national companies, uh, high growth companies into Michigan, either as a satellite office or doing business with Michigan companies. Uh, and so I do that all over the world, um, specifically here in, in Michigan. Um, also, as you mentioned, Quartz Water Source, which was inspired by the Flint water crisis, which as a Flint native, was a, is a personal project that now is my life mission, is making sure that we bring clean access to clean water all over the um, world. And so we're headquartered in Flint, Michigan, and um, we get a chance to do some amazing things with our donor advised fund that is actually in Flint, Michigan, in partnership with the Community Foundation of Greater Flint, where we're writing grants um, for all um, uh, cities and communities that are having challenges with water. And then the last thing is uh, we started um, a family foundation, which is the Quarles Foundation in the name of my father, who's still alive. Um, and that was one of the things growing up in Flint. He's, I remember telling my father, I said, I'm going to grow up. I've always been an entrepreneur since I was eight. But I remember telling my father, I said, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to get you in a, like a nice house, a nice car. And my dad said, I don't want any of that. I just want you to start a foundation in my name and give scholarships to those that are underserved, particular in communities, black and brown communities helping them to understand the importance of self-determination through business ownership. And so that's what we're doing.
0: And, and we might unpack that a little further on one of your questions, because I think that's pretty interesting what you're doing in both areas up in Flint. But let's get a little bit more to, like you said, you were an entrepreneur at eight. Um I know you said you had a newspaper route at some point as a kid and your family had a small business, right? Or were you not in a small, I forgot your background. Yeah.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I, uh, at the age of eight, I, I started, uh, I, my dad always knew that I was going to be the person that, that was going to not really work for anyone, but be, cause I was always a problem solver in my community. Um, so I, I had a paper route when, when they used to have paper boys. And so that expanded and was able to do that. And I would say maybe five or six other business ventures from T-shirt companies to selling candy. I would go to uh, Sam's Club and buy candy and sell it at school (laughs) in between classes. Uh, This is all in elementary school. I had a printing company. um, I had a janitorial business. um, And then when I went to high school, um, I ended up, because my dad told me I had to go to college, um, I had to uh, put all of that aside and focus strictly on getting scholarships. Um, Because we came from very humble beginnings, and I know there was no option. I was going to college. My dad made that very clear. Um, and so he said, either you're going to work or you get you work your butt off to get good scholarships and to be able to go for free. And so I'll, fortunately, I was able to go to the Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University in Tallahassee, Florida on a full ride academic scholarship. And I had over $100,000 of private scholarships that I spent my whole from freshman year or ninth grade all the way to my senior year applying for scholarships was able to do that. And that was, to me, one of the ways that a stepping stone from going from poverty to now being able to create wealth for for generations.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty familiar with Florida A&M just because my family lives in Tallahassee. And uh, my uncle used to work for the Board of Regents. So he used to take me over there as a when I was a kid to go visit him just to see the campus. Because it's a, is it a historic college too? Uh, it's
1: a historically black college. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's pretty decent size too, like a good yeah, amount of students.
1: We are the largest historically black college in, in the United States. We have over 13,000. Uh, enrollee, undergrad, and um so yeah, we're we're the largest. We're, we're we're actually we're the best at pretty much everything we do. So yeah, yeah, I'm glad you're <laughs> I'm glad you're humble about it.
0: Um, the uh, couple, so you did mention the serial entrepreneur, but I think also a little bit of your background, and I obviously just because I know you, but tell people what your goal is in life.
1: Yeah. So my, it's not a goal. It's what I will be. Um, I do believe in the power of words and what you think and, and what you you speak into the universe will become. Um, I will be the United a United States ambassador. Um, and that's something that I, I'm i very clear of. And, and that's something that I'm working towards. So everything that I do today is focus around that kind of work of diplomacy, humanitarian, uh, philanthropy. And that's why for me, having double and triple bottom line businesses that I have now and even Um, actually writing a book called Making Dollars While Making Change. I mean, that's ultimately what diplomacy is about, is really making change in the world. And uh, for me, I realized I can't make change without actually uh, making profit also. So being making sure that it's not just about money, it's not just about um, uh, what I can get, but how can I do better so I can actually do more in the community.
0: So Adam Smith and Gandhi will both be happy with your choices. Uh, the uh, that's good, and and also I've got the book actually in my house, and I know it's been doing pretty well, right?
1: Yeah. So we we've been very. Uh, it's been interesting because I, you know I had a I had a third grade teacher to tell me, uh, Miss Verbal, um, Sobey Elementary. I love her dearly. She's still alive, but I always make I make it a point to to talk about this because I remember her telling me, and I was a um, I would say a very active young person when I was younger. Um, <laughs> I know the I definition, to, don't worry. Exactly. I used to get in a lot of trouble a lot, but she told me that you were that I was either going to be dead or in jail because the way that I was going, I was involved in gang activities. Um, and I just used to do things that just was not um, safe. Um, but uh, she told me that. And one of the things I always had, I always had a chip on my shoulder, but she told me that, I mean, they had teachers that tell me I wasn't a great writer. And to me, I've always had this chip on my shoulder. And I think that's a Flint thing. You talk to most people from Flint that are from Flint, the city of Flint. They'll tell you that we always felt like we had something to prove because we were always counted out. And so I use that chip as motivation. And so I said, I'm going to write a book because I have three daughters. And I always tell them, don't ever let anyone tell you you can't do anything. If I believe in you, that's all that matters. Um, And you believe in yourself. You can do whatever you want to do. And so I wrote the book in in, in honor of my children uh, to really not only speak those things, but also to show them, because I think children learn by what you do more than what you say. And so the book was um, part therapy for me during the uh, 2020 uh, pandemic, where um, it was just a lot of challenges like everyone else. I was, I was having a lot of anxiety, um, being stuck in a home, not knowing what was going on in the world. But the book was therapy for me. But it was all these tips and best practices that I learned along the way, um, both private sector, public sector, nonprofit, um, and then just lived experiences, um, as, as African-American in, in the United States.
0: Um, just because your daughters might listen to this podcast, you should say all three of their names.
1: Oh yeah. So my lovely Bella Ari Quarles, uh, Jay Loren Quarles and Emerson Naia Quarles.
0: I've met them all. And one other thing, just to help you out. When I was in fourth grade, a nun wrote on my note to my mom and dad that they thought I was going to be in jail someday too. Because uh, wow. because I was pretty active myself in
1: school. So that's probably uh, why we had, we, we connect so much. We are like, <laughs> we're like brothers from another mother.
0: <laughs> we're, we definitely are on a path. <laughs> um, so, Let's get let's also break down because I think it's pretty fascinating. Like, um, why don't you just plug a little bit about angel investing,
1: too, because we've sure. had
0: a little bit on that before, but not much. And with other guests.
1: So interesting enough, um, I, I've been an angel, an accredited angel investor for a few years now, but it was by accident. I had a friend in college who had a business that he was help, asking me for help. So I helped him with his business plan. And we got it and we were getting ready to go take this product to market and he didn't have any money. So I just started loaning him money, essentially. And then I realized I was reading somewhere and it was like, you know, about angel investors. I was like, what is an angel investor? That sounds like something kind of, you know, weird. And so um, I accidentally came upon it and uh, I made my very first investment was a failure. I mean, it was a six figure failure. Um, I didn't do any due diligence. I just for me thought I was like, I know business. So I know how to read a a p and I know how to read a ledger, I, I, you know. I know what I'm doing, um, but it's interesting enough because I've been an angel investor and I've had one very successful exit uh, a couple of years ago, but I am now going through an angel investment class right now through TechTown in Detroit. Um, and it's interesting because, again, I've been a credit investor for uh, for several years now and now I'm actually learning the technicalities of things and it's been very helpful and, and I'm grateful for TechTown and I think there's a partnership with the state with with this particular fund also
0: yeah, why don't you mention again that relationship you had with the MEDC? I thought that was kind of interesting.
1: Sure, yes, yeah, so I have a so with the BTL group, when we're bringing in clients or uh, pursuing clients, we normally um, we utilize MEDC as well as uh, the Detroit Economic Growth Corporation, which I sit on the Economic Development Board there. Um, so yeah, so they've been very helpful helpful with providing us with tax incentives um, and any kind of things to help sell the state of Michigan.
0: You're listening to The Michigan Opportunity, featuring candid conversations with Michigan business leaders on what makes Michigan a leading state to live, work, and play. Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast. Let's also talk a little bit about your international experience. I know both you and I have done a lot of work with Global Ties Detroit, but you're also on the national board for them, too. What is what is that?
1: Yep. Global Ties, um, Detroit and Global Ties U.S., which is the national board, is help promote. It's a it's an organization funded through the the Department of State helping promote citizen diplomacy. I like to call it urban diplomacy here in Detroit. Um, And we get a chance to really expose people to other cultures from all industries and to be able for them to understand our culture and to figure out how we can better communicate, how we can better align, not just for business, but for just basic humanity for humanity uh, purposes. And so, uh, yeah. And so uh, one other thing that MEDC has played a huge part in is when I'm actually going to other countries to recruit, I use the STEP program, um, which pays for half of my flight and half of my, my lodging. So a lot of the tools that our state have is something I'm really excited about. And it's really helped for my business to flourish uh, now that we're in nine different countries doing work. It's because of the help of MEDC and all of its programs that they help uh, offset some of our costs.
0: You've actually done a lot of work extensively, I think, with Israel, too, right?
1: Yeah, that's actually one of my largest companies. I have five companies in Israel now. I work closely with the Michigan Israeli Business Accelerator um, when they're bringing in, which is uh, partially funded by the MEDC also. Um, but I help them when they have uh, customers and clients from Israel that are setting up shop here. I help them. They then kind of hand them over to me, and I uh, be a, I help to um, provide strategic business development here for Michigan companies while they're here.
0: Yeah. And, and and I know that you've traveled a lot on like reciprocal agreements too for entrepreneurship right around the world.
1: Correct. Yeah. So this week I was actually supposed to be in um, an outbound program in Armenia and Georgia. But it was uh, postponed, It's going to be postponed because they are now in, Armenia is now currently in war. Um, And so they obviously wanted to protect the U.S. citizens. But I was like, send me. I said, uh, you (laughs) know, I I grew up in Flint. So, you know, I'm, uh, I think I can handle myself. It's a weekend. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um,
0: So, so I I think too that, um, is there any other, this is more about beyond your specific projects, but one of my best questions I think I ask people is what do you think about the future? What opportunities are there going to be either in your industry or just like sort of a macro view of things because of your positions on a couple boards with DEGC as well as Global Ties US?
1: Yeah, I think though the, the macro or for those that are really understand how to extrapolate and obtain data Um, that is going to be key. Um, How do we, because again, a lot of predictive analytics, uh, predictive behaviors is how most companies now that we can do a lot of stuff online, the pandemic uh, taught us that, is that how do you look at and be really smart about your customers and your clients in a way that you can do business all over the world? And then how do we expose um, the next generation, the Gen Z, the whatever is after the Gen Z, how how do we... (laughs) I've heard <laughs> of it's-
0: alphas and betas, but it's probably going to change uh, again.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, exposing them to all of the aspects of technology and, and, and using it for good. Um, that's going to be very critical. Um, you know, you have crypto, you have, I mean, there's all kinds of wonderful things, metaverse, that to be- have a better understanding, which my younger daughters, my 10-year-old, 8-year-old are, are currently learning how to code and learning about the metaverse and all those wonderful things, blockchain. Um, that's going to be, and then, and one specific thing that i would always say to particular American um, youth and and even not just youth, but just uh, the people in, in America's learning multiple languages. I think that what I call culture economics, you know, that's going to be the game changer of how many languages can you speak? My daughters can speak now two languages um, outside of English and hoping that they, they're learning Mandarin pretty soon so that they can go anywhere in the world and can be able to communicate and really understand the culture, not just by visiting, and being a part of it, but also communicating and showing appreciation to everyone's culture.
0: But can they speak Mandarin without you knowing what they're saying?
1: They're going to have to, because I, I mean, like
0: do they say stuff to each other that you don't even know what they're talking about?
1: Well, not yet. They're still, they're just learning. So they're very, I mean, I know what they know now, but at some point (laughs) they're probably going to, you know, so I got it. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, you also dovetailed into the very next question, actually. Um, and I think this is where you should maybe b- break down a little further. Your like, what advice would you give to high school students is what I usually ask. Or what would you talk to your 17 year old self about? But you're doing it sort of with your foundations and you have done a lot of interesting things. So why don't you kind of break down the foundation a little bit more?
1: So I'm going to ask you a question. Ed. Did you yeah. did you read the book yet that I wrote? I started. <laughs> you didn't <because> no. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you. At the end of the book, <laughs> at the end of the book, I write a note to my younger self, and I it's oh, I like a, that. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: That's yeah. And,
1: and so I wrote about all the things that I learned, knowing now I've to my twenty-year-old, my teen, my in my teenage self, and it was just really enlightening. Um, but so what I would say is, uh, there's a few things. One, I would tell um, a high school student right now is to always understand what your why is because. Never, always start with your why and end with your why because that's what gets you up in the, at night and that's what keeps you up when you have to stay up. Um, I am a big proponent and a supporter of sleeping, so I'm not to, I am not. would never never tell anyone to, to lose sleep when you're like trying to work on a project or you're working on a business. Sleep is very critical, and I write about that in the book, how important health and mental health is and overall health and wellness. I'll say start with your why. I say, two, live for a cause. I have this thing, and I haven't made this up, but I, I used to hear preachers talk about a gravestone where... You have a date of birth, a date of transition, and you have that dash in the middle. And I think that dash represents is more important because it represents a life that's lived for a cause and not just be cause. So have a cause. And that gives you purpose and be intentional about making sure you execute that before you uh, you transition to the to afterlife. And then the last thing I would say is um, Dr. Gail Ganakis, who was my middle school principal at Whittier Medical S- Middle School in Flint. She always used to leave off. Uh, end up of the PA announcement saying you can achieve what your mind can perceive. I never, that's something that I can never get rid of because everything is mental. I think what you think of every day and what you actually speak to will actually become your reality. That's what you will manifest. So you have to control your mental. You have to control what goes in your mind. You can achieve what your mind can perceive. And I want to give credit to Dr. Ganakis for that.
0: Yeah, uh, I'd say I'm glad you remember all your good teachers because those are obvious pivotal points for people. And your foundation is doing what for entrepreneurs then?
1: Yep. So we're working with uh, high school uh, seniors. And we what we do is we provide them with a stipend for the summer. Um, instead of a scholarship, we provide them with a stipend um, where we give them an opportunity to work on their business plan. We then give them wraparound service. So we will partner with organizations like the Ferris Wheel in Flint, Michigan, and providing them with business technical assistance We'll also mentor them. We'll have outside mentors. And then we'll also provide them with a portion of their, their kind of scholarship, I would call it. We'll go towards investing on a long term. So teaching them about not just financial literacy, but also how to actually invest. So we're going to see their first investment, whether that's in crypto or that's in mutual funds or stocks. But we're going to do that because we know that if we give, sometimes when you give a high school student, you know, money, they may not put that in that that cause. But they're going to have to be responsible for keeping that in there for their long term trajectory. Because in a business, you got to make sure you have a retirement plan. You got to make sure you have a parachute. And so that's what we're doing is trying to create uh, real life uh, business owners and and giving them real life situations so that they can be successful.
0: Now that you pointed out, too, I didn't read your book, um, we should uh, mention the book again and where it's available, because I know it's, I think it's on Amazon,
1: right? It is. It's on Amazon. It's on everywhere books are sold. Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, and I might, if you know, if, you, if someone reach out to me on my website, I can probably get you some, because I keep stocks in in uh, in my warehouse. Um, but yes, yeah, so you can get them uh, Making Dollars While Making Change. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And you can go to my website, jonathanquarles.com for all of the stuff that I'm working on from the foundation to my businesses and the book and all that good stuff. And even speaking engagements.
0: And, um, I know I've, uh, I think that, you know, there's probably a few things we might've missed cause you've done so many things, but, Oh, I know what I was going to mention where else you worked. I thought that was kind of interesting. Cause you did some work up at take I forgot. Not
1: TACOM, yeah, uh, So I had a very interesting, uh, I had a very interesting journey and I'm grateful for it, but you know, I've always was, been a planner, but I realized that, uh, there was a, and I'm going to paraphrase this, but Proverbs, I think 16 and nine says, in a man's way, God's God created his way, but wait, a man plans his way, but God orders his steps. And so I always had plans of what and how I was going to do. I thought I was going to be a CEO of a fortune 500 company. I didn't have any of those, uh, things that I, my life never was really planned, but it's been a blessing um, I started off working in a nonprofit. I worked for a guy named Tavis Smiley, who um, is one Radio of my show brothers. I
0: know who Tavis Smiley is, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I worked for him, raised money for his on the foundation side. And then I worked for um, one of the mayors of City of Detroit, Kwame Kilpatrick, um, and had an opportunity to be a senior advisor to him, which was a, an amazing experience of learning how municipality work and how government works. And then I worked for two um, multi-billion dollar companies. One was a defense company, which we actually did work with TACOM and um and things like that and so and then from there i took another company i was helped to put and take another company public a technology company and then i went out on my own and uh full-time at least because i've always been an entrepreneur um, on the side at least but um, about maybe man, probably 12 years ago i said you know what i'm just going to bet on myself and um i haven't looked back since and it's been a blessing because now you know my number one priority is being a father um my lifestyle is is around being a father and so that's why the business that I do has to be aligned with making sure I can pick my kids up from school, drop them off, go to the PTA meetings and all that good stuff so
0: and so that sort of ties into the last question uh I've done a few adventures with you and your daughters but um what what's your favorite thing in Michigan? Like, what do you like to either take them to or what do you like? Like either a destination or a festival or something like that.
1: I So I would say I do love the season changes, I, I, but I, I probably one season I don't really love is the winter. Um, <laughs> I, I don't like snow. I don't like it when it's too cold. I do like the fall, the spring, the summer and going up North is just, it's just amazing. I mean, it's so beautiful, like natural resources that we have, the water. um, and I just I, I just love the, the people here are extremely, um, extremely um, humbling, um, hardworking. Um, I love all the dynamics and the color and the flavor that we have, particularly in Detroit, um, where it's just uh, it's never a dull moment. And so I, that's what I love about Michigan.
0: Well, I uh, want to also mention, too, that I think you're already in a good ambassador for Flint and for Detroit and Michigan with all your jobs and everything. You do a great job and it's a pleasure being your friend and once again, I want to thank uh, J.Q., Jonathan Quarles, who's the founder and CEO of BTL Group Reports Quartz Water Source. And I want to thank you again for uh, taking time to do this today and keep on your path. And we'll look forward to seeing you under some presidential regime someday.
1: Thank you. It's been my pleasure. And it's always always good talking to you, my friend.
0: The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit
1: michiganbusiness.org forward slash radio to put your plans in motion.